This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, a Fan Talk Friday episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me each week to get live on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk about sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, I've got three amazing guests joining us here today for this Fan Talk Friday episode. So we have, we have, hang on, going down the list here, we've got Andre, we've got Frank, and we've got Owen. Guys, I'm really excited to talk Rockets with you. We've got a lot of ground that we can cover in this episode. I want to get some quick introductions from you guys. So let's go in that order. Let's go Andre first, then Frank, then Owen and just you know a little bit about yourselves real quick that way the listeners know you know who that who who's talking right now yeah my name's Andre Britton um was born in Houston my family moved up to Illinois when I was two but I still man I love this I love the city um love my Rockets been a Rockets fan for long as I can remember one of my earliest memories is just being upset at the uh, OJ Chase interrupting the finals. I couldn't believe it, man. I just, I did, as a little kid, I didn't understand what was going on. But yeah, I mean, love my Rockets. All right, Frank. Uh, yeah, my name is Frank from the southwest side of Houston, Houston raised. Uh, been a Rockets fan probably since uh, about Steve Francis's rookie year. Uh, that's my favorite Rockets player ever over James Harden. I know people give me grief for that, but um, yeah, I love the Rockets ride or die. I'm Ace Town bred, so. Yeah, that's what it is. I love it. I love it. Owen, what about you, man? Hey, what's up? Um, I uh, My dad grew up or was born in Houston. I spent some time there when I was a little kid, but I bounced around a good bit. So growing up, I didn't uh, have like a lot of things, you know, that were like kind of central to what we were doing all the time because I moved around so much. But sports have always been there and the Rockets are too, even if they, you know, lose 17 straight or whatever <laughs> we're at right now. But yeah, uh, yeah man, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, things look so I mean, at the end of the day, and this is what I love about interacting with Rockets fans and this fandom is it really feels like there's a lot of ride or die people with this Rockets team, you know, and it's not we don't have a whole lot of bandwagon fans. And I think that's so, so important is we're seeing, you know, I I don't see a lot of people jumping off the Rockets, uh, rocket ship. God, that was a terrible pun. I hate that. Um, (laughs) but seriously, I don't see a lot of people who are giving up on this team. They're sticking through it, even though there's this, this, this absolute mess. They now have the longest losing streak in franchise history. Um, there's only one remaining member of that, you know, beautiful, magical 2017-2018 team. We're down to Eric Gordon, and I guess that's as good a spot as good a spot to start as any. Is talking about PJ Tucker and the fact that you know I want to give y'all a second, give y'all a chance to kind of you know 
let's take a stroll down memory lane. Maybe think about some of our favorite moments with PJ Tucker. You know, whether it's an on the court moment, off the court moment. Uh, what do y'all have for me? Uh, you know, about you know, just what stands out? You know, when you're looking back on these memories of PJ Tucker. Oh, and why don't you kick us off? Um, yeah, you can talk about a couple different things when it comes to the, with the man. You know, but I think the biggest thing is you know the consistency that that guy brought every night for us. You know, I don't. I, I in like the years I've been watching, really, like there's only one other guy that was like Pat Bev that kind of came with like the like the violence in the way he played every night. And you know, the man never took a break. It's insane. I don't don't know what his streak was at for like number of games before, you know, this past like month or whatever when he took off. But you know, you don't like see that regularly. It's crazy and just like be able to watch that every night, even regardless of whatever like statistic we had for like defense or whatever, you always knew PJ was going to show up and do whatever he had to do. And so you always knew everything was going to be good as long as everybody on offense could do something. So for that, really, and the shoes, the shoes are killer, but got to respect the, uh, the shoe roo, right? Yes, sir. I, I think about that. I think it's been mentioned probably here on locked on a few times, but just that game that he had against the Warriors, uh, game four of the 2018 Western Conference Finals. That just, like, sums up who P.J. is. Like, I mean, I got the stats pulled up, but uh, 44 minutes, 0 for 4, 16 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Like, that's who he is. He can not score and just impact the game so much. And, like, I'm just like, man, that's crazy to have somebody with that much uh, that much effect on the team without, you know, scoring, which everybody loves the glory and all that. But just love I just love what he brings, man. That effort, that tenacity. Uh as Owen mentioned, just the fact that he played every night. This era of low management and people taking time off all the time. I mean, just I, I really respect that. Yeah, I really respect PJ. Uh just just love what he gave to this team. I think my my biggest um takeaway from PJ was really Showing the type of character he had through that stretch when they had this man playing center. Um, and just the heart, you know what I mean? Every game to go against the biggest guy on the other team and still put in work. And I think uh, guys like that, you know, a lot of people make fun of him on Twitter about the stats, you know, the offers or the 44 minutes or, you know, PJ was just doing cardio. But you can't, you can't, uh, those are the type of guys that teams are looking for. Uh, to, uh, heart, you know, determination coming in, you know, when you watch him play in person too, that's one of the things I enjoyed going to the Rockets games is you just really can see it in person that this dude is like, he, he is fierce. And uh, one thing that I was shocked of when I first seen him in real life, this man built like he should be playing in the NFL. So, but yeah, so that's uh, pretty much my, my overall summary of uh, PJ. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so important to you, you talk about seeing PJ in person and there's so much that you miss out on when you're not, you know, right there courtside sitting at the game. And there's very few people that get that opportunity, right? Even if you're at a game, you know, you're sitting up in, you know, the upper section or unless you got, you know, those uh, those corporate sponsor tickets in the lower bowl uh, at Toyota Center, you're not going to you're going to miss out on some of that. But one of the cool things, right, is is basketball is such a vocal game. You know, when you're playing pickup, you know, if you're not communicating with the people that you're on the court with, you're going to get burned. You know, you got to communicate with your teammates. And I think one of my favorite memories of PJ Tucker is not even a Rockets centric memory, but it's 
that video that dropped of him during the USA training camp for basketball, where you could no. see how vocal he was every single possession in that practice. And then you, you saw, you know, the coaches, Jeff Van Gundy speaking so highly of PJ yeah. Tucker and what he brings to the team. And so for everybody, you, you know, Frankie bringing up, you know, people making, you know, cracking their jokes, getting those jokes off about PJ out there doing cardio, whatever. Look, at the end of the day, you don't have a PJ Tucker on the court to score the basketball. What PJ Tucker brings you offensively is a bonus past everything else he gives you on a basketball court. He makes winning basketball plays. I don't know how many times I've had to say that on this very podcast just to really hammer that home that, you know, PJ Tucker is a guy. There's a reason the Bucks are giving up two first round draft picks for PJ Tucker because they think he's going to give them that extra edge, that extra oomph to really make a push in this year's playoffs. And, you know, it's going to be, it's it's bittersweet. I said it on today's episode that went out, but it's bittersweet to depart from P.J. Tucker. You could kind of tell that maybe that heart, that fire, that tenacity that's always there wasn't quite there after the James Harden trade. So I think the writing's kind of been on the wall for him. Um, but ultimately, I thank him. I'm sure you guys do as well for his many years of service. And for me, I think for me, he personally, he's like on that Mount Rushmore of like all-time Rockets role players. For me, if we're if like if we're hang on, I'm gonna spitball some here, right? Are we doing all? If we're doing like all-time Rockets role players, throw let's throw out some names. Just uh, we're sticking them to the oh, wall. He, like he's number one, no doubt. No, okay, so he's number one number for you, one? Owen. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, I mean that's uh, I don't know that's about my that, guy. Bro. I mean, okay, do you view um, St- uh, not Steve Francis Battier? Do you view Battier as a role? Nah, player? nah, nah. Is is Catino Mobley a role player? Will we say Catino's a role player? Ah, Catino with Cat. You know, I was nice, wondering bro. that earlier. If, put, if he is a role player, to me, I would say Cat. But you know, recency bias. Um, you know, PJ, PJ up there though. He he is definitely Robert um, Ori. Robert Ori is a role player. Robert Ori. So, but I mean, you know, again, it, it's 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 tough. You know, and then you got like He's the fan there. favorites out there, like Louis Scola. Does he go up there? Yes, yeah. Chuck I Hayes. Earlier, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's not. I don't, I don't think know. He's <laughs> it, it probably okay. So, so I'll tell you what. Probably not on the Mount Rushmore, but I think we can all consensus agree. Maybe we don't have the rest of the mountain figured out, but I think PJ Tucker, between the four of us, and probably those of you listening to this show right now. I think we can agree PJ Tucker has earned himself a spot, one of those four spots on Rockets Mount oh, Rushmore as far no as Definitely. Rockets role players. And so with that, we tip our collective caps to PJ Tucker. He brought the intensity, the hustle, the the huffert, the effort every single night to this Rockets team. He will be missed. Um, but unfortunately, that's life in the NBA. This Rockets team's got to move on. And we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. We've got Kevin Porter Jr. We've got Christian Wood. They played their first game together. We've got an 18-game losing streak to talk about. we got a lot of ground to cover, and we're going to keep doing that in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And speaking of full swing, MLB is right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, our Fan Talk Friday episode with Andre, Frank, and Owen. Now, guys, let's kind of focus on the here and now about this team. And coming up, we've got the Rockets against the Pistons. It'll be Christian Wood's first chance to try and show out against his former team. And the Rockets are in the midst of now this the, the longest losing streak in franchise history. And I don't know about y'all, but I have this, this internal feeling that I fight every night that the Rockets play where it's counter to my usual belief system to hope that the Rockets lose. And so when the Rockets like start mounting their fake comeback late third, early fourth quarter, every single game, I start catching myself and I'm like pumping my fist. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the one they're going to end the streak. Let's go. Let's go. And I know that ultimately that probably shouldn't be like my, my thoughts, but I want to hear from you guys. Do y'all want to see them winning some games again? Do y'all want to see them bottom out kind of, you know, would it be nice for Christian Wood to, to secure the W against uh, his former team against the Pistons. Frank, why don't you start us off? Okay, definitely. So I'm very kind of torn on this. The way I view it, I think that tanking or just sucking as bad as we do is definitely detrimental to the franchise as a whole. Um, I get on uh, I get on a lot of arguments on Twitter about this because people think it's like this robotic thing. You're just going to suck and tank and then everything's going to be happy. But the statistics show most NBA teams that go into this mode that we're in right now stay there for about a decade. So it's, it's I think, Rockets Twitter, we're so used to winning, and Rockets fans in general, that we think that, you know, we're just going to bounce back from this. But my fear is that, you know, if we do tank, we don't get the guy we want in the draft, and free agents don't want to come here. It kind of messes up Coach uh, Silas's development as a young coach. He gets, you know fired and et cetera, et cetera. And we go into the cycle like the Hornets or the Cap. So I'm I'm really, I would rather attempt to win games and win as much as we can, even though we suck and just kind of let the dice roll where they are rather than just being terrible. That's my view. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in, in the same, uh, same mind frame. You know, it, it's just hard. It goes against everything in me to to want the Rockets to lose. It's just hard to hard to want that. So I, I can't find myself subscribing to the tank theory. Cause I also just want to see like I'm so excited, man. Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, uh Jay Sean Tate, even uh Kenya Martin Jr. Like there's a lot of hype around Kevin Porter, but like I'm so excited, man, about what what KJ could turn into. But like just seeing them being able to grow and develop together. Uh, I, I want to see him have some success and have some wins and be able to to build on that for the future. Uh, also, you know, since we're not guaranteed to keep our draft pick, you know, if we we go on and suck and we continue to lose and then we don't even fall in the top four and we lose our pick, it's just, you know, I don't I don't want to see that either. So it, it, it's hard for me to to subscribe to tanking. Yeah, man, I uh, it's crazy how a second round pick kind of turned my view like a highly protected second round pick and getting a uh, Kevin Porter Jr. It, it it like just watching him is so much fun. Like I just want him to be so good. Like it it's for, like it's insane that like I'm believing in a guy that we traded a second round pick for and a guy we signed that like had really like 15 good games on the Pistons with Christian Wood and to like believe that they could actually develop into like 
a, a dynamic duo. Like, it doesn't help that we, like, I think it's, like, a 52% chance, even if we're, like, a bottom team to uh, keep the pick. But even then, like, I want to see those guys, like, develop and be good. And I don't like losing, so I don't really like to win a game. <laughs> like, it's awful, man. <laughs> I watch every single game with my friend Ellie. And, like, we're just, like, we're going to keep doing it, but, man, it sucks. I just, I just want to win one. After that, like, you talk me into a little more. But it is something. So are are we kind of in consensus? Like, would we like to see them like scrape? Because like I I mean I posited on Twitter I was like it'd be great for them to like in the streak at seventeen not have the newest you know the new longest uh, losing streak in franchise history and if they could right. end the streak in Christian Wood's first game back the first game with KPJ and Wood together and against the Warriors like that would have been such poetic justice after the crap hand that the Rockets were dealt this season but the cards didn't fall that way unfortunately so now it's like you look at the Pistons and if the Pistons win the Rockets become the second worst team in the league so like I know the tanksters are out there like pumping their fists like yeah lose to the right. Pistons you know and I I'm, I'm kind of right there with you guys is again it's against everything that I usually stand for as a Rockets fan as somebody who covers the team and wants to see them succeed it stands against all of that and it, it's a very unnatural way to follow a sports team to sit there and hope that they lose, but at the same right. time, like trying to kind of, you know, enjoy what we've seen out of the young guys on a nightly basis, that kind of thing. And that's actually where I want to go next with you guys. Is I have a question about the, you know, young, exciting players on this roster. And I think it's going to be kind of an interesting thought experiment. And we're going to get there in just a quick moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. Look, Bilt Bar, it's, it's the amazing low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great-tasting protein bar. Every single bar is covered in delicious chocolate. There's a reason I hype them up, because they are that good. But now it's time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best Bilt Bar. It is Bilt Bar Madness. And today's matchup, we have a doozy for you. And I've got a personal tie, a personal stake in this one because it's my OG favorite before I discovered the coconut brownie chunk, the double chocolate up against caramel brownie. So you already know which way I'm going to cast my vote. I love the double chocolate one. Caramel brownie, go away. You're going to lose this one. I need everybody to go vote for double chocolate because... That bar is the bar that made me fall in love with Built Bar. And even though I have a new, like a new flame now with coconut brownie chunk, I absolutely love the double chocolate. You can't go wrong with it. When I'm feeling a little nostalgic, maybe I'll re-up on an order of double chocolate. But that's my thoughts on this. And you can cast your vote. Just go to BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to cast your vote. And remember, use promo code LOCKED15 while you're on the website to get 15% off your very next order. So again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. You can get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with Locked on NBA Draft podcast. They've got scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Badness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Check it out wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast. Now, continuing on with our Fan Talk Friday episode, I teased it at the end of last segment, but guys... I've got this thought experiment, right? And I want to present this here. I want to know 
who, so out of the four Rockets rookie or not rookies, I can't call them rookies. I, th- I think of them as rookies because they're all new faces to the Rockets, but they're not all rookies. So out of the four young, exciting players for the Rockets, and I'm saying four because we've got to start including KJ Martin in there. He's been great since coming, since rejoining the Rockets in the second half of this season. So out of Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, KJ Martin, and uh, Jay Sean Tate. Who of those four has the highest ceiling to you and the lowest f- or and the, and the highest floor? Like who can be the like the 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 bare minimum, right? And I'm kind of stumbling over my words as I'm presenting this, which is just about par for the course when I do this podcast. Um, anyways, <laughs> but like legitimately, I, you know, my thought experiment here is right. Everybody understands, right? The ceiling is really high for KPJ, right? He's got so much talent, right. right? But I wonder what his floor is, right? Like how low, like what's the worst version of KPJ? What's the worst version of Jay Sean Tate? Like absolutely, like in my head, I kind of see like Kevin Porter Jr. at least being like a six man of the year type candidate. Obviously everybody's got like these ideas that, he can grow into, you know, being kind of baby Harden and maybe, you know, down the line be that, you know, you know, uber elite, you know, guard who's going to steer the offense for the Rockets, you know, for years to come, just like James Harden did. But I want to know from you guys, what is the worst version of these guys? Like, where do you see them kind of capping out at if they don't completely realize their full potential? And so, Owen, why don't you start us off here? Um, I mean, I think the highest potential is probably Christian Wood. Like, if a guy, like, He's played, I don't know the number of games this year, but he's played like less than half the regular season this year. And he showed out last year with Detroit, obviously, but it was it was only like a handful of games. Like the guy needs to put on about like at least like 10 pounds of muscle. But after that, like the sky's the limit for that guy. He's like, he moves like a point guard and is, you know, plays center. He, look, he looks incredible. Every time I watch him play, he looks like phenomenal, like, I, like just from a physical and the talent aspect, I don't see anybody like on the Rockets that has a highest ceiling as him. And uh, for a floor, I think it's Tate because I think this is probably his floor, and he like he will play for hopefully ten years. Like you know, the skills that he has and the way he's able to adapt to. Like I mean, granted he's twenty five, but he's still a rookie. But you know, he'll he'll be able to get a contract for another ten years. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't. He's on the P.J. Tucker kind of trajectory, right? Spent some time overseas, you know, went the long way to make it back to the NBA. And I think P.J. Tucker started roughly around the same age, give or take, um, in Mm. the NBA, if I I do remember correctly. In fact, I have it right here so we can see. Um, So P.J. Tucker was actually 27 when he made his way back to the NBA. So a couple years older than Jay Sean Tate, but basically kind of similar timelines for those two players. Um, All right, Andre, what do you got for us? I think about K.J. Martin and Jay Sean Tate as far as the floor and um, I, I really hope they can develop that consistent outside jump shot. Like if they both could do that, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for them. But I kind of worry um, just a little bit as far as them developing that outside shot. But if they can do that, I think, man, I, I think we really got something in both those guys. Uh, I have to echo the thoughts on Christian Wood. I mean, I, I think that's a centerpiece type of guy if he keeps on the – trajectory that he's on uh if we can keep him in the fold i'm glad we have him locked up for three years uh if we can keep him in the fold keep seeing how he comes along man i think i think we really got really got a strong piece there and then uh i think talent wise maybe 
maybe Kevin Porter Jr. Just some of the stuff he's we see with the step back threes, uh, just with the some of his finishes are ridiculous. Um, his ability to pass it, like I, I just really think a second round pick to be able to to get that steal of a of a player, I think is going to be great for us. I really hope with John Lucas around, it seems like Silas really cares about him a lot. I really think they have the structure. And so I'm, I mean, I think this, the sky is the limit for him because he, if he has the support, I think he has the talent to really, really turn into something. If that support falls away, you know, kind of a little worried about his past, but I, I think the Rockets have what they, what they need to support him. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna have to say my floor and ceiling is the same player, and it's KPJ. Right now, to me, we're seeing his floor, and that's he can get you twenty and eight as a twenty year old. So that's him playing fifty games, uh, av- you know, and with the Cavs last year and coming in for us uh, out of the G League. That this is his floor. I think what we've seen with these other players, these other guards we have, is that having vision and ball handling skills is not automatic in the NBA. And uh, with when you see Eric Gordon drive or even Victor Oladipo, uh, they have tunnel vision. But having that skill set at such a young age to be able to pass uh, for KPJ, it's it's really impressive. His finishing. Then the NBA is a guards league. As good as uh, Christian Wood can get, I've seen AD in the on in New Orleans be an all world player and do nothing. It's really the pairing between the guard and a big that really makes it. And I think if you look at all the MVPs from the past few years, if KPJ can like ascend to a point where he's a high 20s, low 30 scorer and, a, you know, a guy that can shoot it consistently from the outside, uh, dish the ball, uh, create for his teammates. I mean, that's that's really what drives teams now. You know, big men are are still premium, but uh, AD didn't win a ring to league out with LeBron. So it's uh, it's really that's my view. I think KPJ is. If he develops, he will be uh, something very special for us. I like it. And I like that we got a, a kind of a diverse array of opinions in there. And I'm actually going to go, I think the highest ceiling, I'm going to agree with Frank here. I think it's actually Kevin Porter Jr. But I'm going to go a different way with my floor. And I'm going to go with Christian Wood because I think that we're seeing more or less his floor right now. Um, I've kind of echoed that I think that he is at worst for this Houston Rockets team, you know, capable of being the third best guy on a contending team, right? You know, he can give you 20, 25 really efficient points, uh, and he's going to get you 10, 15 boards on a nightly basis. And his defense really picked up exponentially and got so much better in such a short amount of time that I think you give him one or two more years of reps, uh, you know, of being a starting center and, and, you know, playing 35, 40 minutes plus a night, you know, letting him really get his legs under him, like Owen pointed out, you know, bulking up a little bit so that he can kind of bang with some of the bigger bodies in the NBA, but still maintain his advantage against other slower bigs. Um, that's going to be a huge, you know, a huge point for him moving forward in his development. Um, but I, I want to know, you know, because that's kind of my mindset is I think Christian Wood is, you know, at worst, the third best option on a contender. I think he could potentially get to that number two spot, um, depending on who your number one option is. But do you guys, and this is just going to be a quick yes or no question down the line. Do you think that Christian Wood has a high enough ceiling to one day develop into a number one option on a contender? Let's go with Andre first. 
I think so. I, I think when I was talking about his ceiling, I think I mentioned that. Uh, I, I do think he has the potential. Just his uh, the length, the athleticism. I mean, his ability to grab the rebound and take it full court and dunk on people. <laughs> I mean, realistically, I mean, like he's just. I think he really has potential to do big things in the league. Will he get there? I, mean, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, th- I think that's another part of this, the rest of this season, like him being able to stay healthy and getting the minutes to kind of develop into that that type of number one option. I think it's going to be very important for him and the team. Usage is a big part of becoming, you know, a number one or a number two option is, is, you know, it's tough being the go-to guy every single night for an, uh, for a grueling 82, or in this case, a 72 game season, uh, as well as, you know, deep playoff runs. And that's something that maybe we took a little bit for granted with James Harden. And the fact that he was a ridiculously high usage player and an absolute iron man, one of the very, very few superstars in the league in recent memory in the last, you know, even couple decades who had that consistent level, never, you know, any major injuries, um, never sidelined for any super extended period of time. And that was, you know, incredible to have just, you know, the best availability is availability. Um, Owen, what about you? Do you think Wood has the chance to develop into a number one option on a contender down the line? If he's able to get his, uh, his weight up in regards to like muscle and be able to bang down low with bigs, but at the same time, be able to keep his agility and his like you know, the usage he has with the ball by taking from like the top of the key. Um, I, I think it's possible. I think in today's NBA, it becomes a little more challenging because of the, the amount of movement and the amount of like guys you could argue are number one guys that are like playing together. I think you, I, it, I think it changes like the the rubric of what you know, you can identify with like a one, two and three guy, like what you saw with like, you know, Steph, Clay and Draymond when they won their first title, you know, I think it's possible, but we need more than what we obviously have right now, but we need a lot more than just, you know, Christian Wood. It has to be a, it has to be a one A and a one B guy, I think. But I think that's for like any mm-hmm. title team you're, you're going to have regardless. That's why I don't think the Bucks, unfortunately, you know, with PJ Tucker, unless, you know, Chris Middleton be- can become that kind of guy. I just don't see it. We will not stand for Chris Middleton slander on this pot. No, I'm not, I don't stand <laughs> Chris Middleton that hard. Um, Frank, what do you got for us, man? I'm going to say yes, but with a caveat, a caveat to the fact of what it, my earlier statement that it depends on the guard he has. A big in this NBA is only as good as the guard that complements them. If he's going to need a 1A guard to mat or wing or dynamic player, to really unlock his true potential. Because if it's just dump it down to Christian Wood and let him work, you're not going to win a championship. He needs his uh, his guy. He needs his Steph, his Harden, his LeBron, one of those type of guys to really just kind of take his game. His Kevin to the Porter next Jr. Level. maybe? There you go. Well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, you guys. So, uh, you know, last topic that I want to get a chance to get some thoughts on before we wrap this thing up. Let's talk Coach Steven Silas, you know, and it's been kind of a mixed bag for Silas. We've seen some people advocating that he should be, you know, on the hot seat based on how this season has gone. We've seen others that are staunch defenders of him. So I want to run through this and see where you guys are at regarding Steven Silas, your thoughts, your feelings about his his role, his performance so far as the Rockets head coach. Andre, why don't you get us started? Yeah, I think uh, I think the way he has handled himself has been exemplary. I mean, going all the way back to training camp and just all the heart and mess and the drama and just the way he, I just loved his press conferences, the way he 
was just like, you know what? Ask Harden. Like, you want to know what Harden is thinking? Ask him. Uh, I think the way he's handled himself has been great. There's times where I've kind of wanted to see him do a, some different things in the rotation. But, I mean, I think overall, just the, all the injuries. I mean, how many games have we played with eight players uh, or nine? Um, and I think there he's just been up against so much this year with the drama and, and the injuries that I think it's really kind of hard to evaluate him other than to say, I think under the circumstances, he's holding up pretty well, but I mean, there's a lot we still need to see. Just hopefully we can get our, all our guys back. Yeah. I think um, for uh, coach Silas, um, it's like Andre said, it's really hard to evaluate him. Like there are some schematic things that he could do better, but we also have to remember that he's a rookie himself and, He's going to have his bumps in the roads. I, we can just throw this year away with COVID and everything going on. I still don't think we've really gotten to see what his true potential as a coach is. Um, with no players, I mean, he had Harden and Westbrook, then he had none of them, then, you know, Wall, and it's just a revolving door of players. So what I hope, what I truly hope is that what happens to most coaches in this situation doesn't happen to him where this whole, all the chaos going on in the roster gets blamed on him and he gets fired and I think that would be unfair to him so I, I would say Rockets fans just give him give him a, maybe a year or two um, after this to see what he truly has because I don't want him to end up like Mark Jackson basically where you build something then some guy comes and scoops it up when it gets good yeah and just to go off of that like it, I, I think it would be obscene for him to get fired after just this year. Like the guy got hired with Harden and Westbrook on the roster still. And so for him to, you know, for any, like anyone like thinking that he should be, you know, fired after this year, I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think there's like, like, I don't know all of the ins and outs of what goes on to, for, to be a NBA head coach, obviously just being a fan, but like in regards to like all sports, I feel like there's like two types of like, at least two types of like general coaches and, you know, one is, like, you have, like, all the ins and outs of, like, what is, like, to play that like, your sport is, you know, when it regards to, like, scheme and play calling and stuff like that. But, like, there's a higher level that you see with, like, the great coaches of, like, being able to call stuff, like, intangibly, like, knowing when to call a timeout and not, like, freezing or, you know, not making, like, the critical mistakes at the critical junctures. And, like, granted, we suck. And so he hasn't had, like, the luxury of, like, being able to call a lot of those things. But I think you've even seen in the games that have been close that he's making the right calls. It just we don't have the talent. We don't have the guys. So even during the, the amount of, like, games we've lost on this streak, like, I don't blame coaching. I don't. I really like it. We have, like, a total of, like, five guys on the roster that, you know, really, you know, I could see us having going into next year and, maybe three, you know, maybe four if, like, K.J. Martin can, you know, uh, stay along to go into the year after that. But it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's not his fault. It's really not. And I feel – and it's, it's – if if you fire Styles, why are you keeping Stone, too? I don't feel like that makes any sense. 
I, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much right there with you guys. And I like to, you know, again, get these, you know, opinions, but it sounds like, you know, we're kind of all on a united front here about Steven Silas. And ultimately he has, you know, in my opinion, done a phenomenal job. I think currently, uh, I haven't looked at the numbers in a couple days so that I could be wrong here, but, uh, I think the Rockets are still like generating like either the third or fourth most wide open three pointers in the NBA or something like that. And, Right, that was the whole rocket system before with James Harden. And that's a lot easier to do to generate wide open three pointers when you've got an all time great offensive talent in James Harden who commands double and triple and sometimes hell, even quadruple teams on a nightly basis. You're going to get some wide open threes. Steven Silas has this ragtag bunch of guys, you know, sometimes trotting out eight, nine man lineups with you know, multiple G leaguers in there, you know, fresh faced rookies, and he's still getting them to generate wide open threes. He's still getting them to have the proper ball movement, to have a nice mix, a healthy mix of pick and roll, dribble handoff, uh, you know, slips, screens, all this stuff to generate good quality looks. And at the end of the day, the shots just kind of aren't falling because the Rockets unfortunately have a bunch of subpar three-point shooters right now. So that's problematic in just the roster construction element side of things. And so hopefully they can kind of resolve that and, you know, get some guys, you know, in the gym getting shots up. You know, I don't necessarily expect this specific roster to suddenly start shooting, you know, league average when they've shot well below league average much of the season. But the fact that he's got these guys buying in and running the right sets and doing the right things to create quality offense, that's huge. And that's something you can point to with Steven Silas is he's managing to create all these wide open opportunities. And at the end of the day, the shots just aren't going in, which again is dangerously close to the shots we wanted territory, but it's different because it's a whole group. It's a team effort to generate these shots with the ball movement, with everything going on on the floor, all these different looks offensively, rather than just one guy generating all of this offense, which at times albeit it was efficient, felt kind of stale, unfortunately. Um, With that, guys, we've covered a lot of ground in this one. Uh, I want to go ahead and let everybody know where they can track you guys down at. So we're going to drop some Twitter handles here in just a moment. So, Andre, why don't you lead us off, then Owen, then Frank. Yeah, just real simple. Uh, Andre Britton, 87 on Twitter. That's uh, my my main place. Uh, Owen O'Keefe, 22. That's all it is. And mine is F-Tank, 5'8". And that's the depressed Houston Rockets fan. That's my handle. <laughs> I do all the uh, all the pain memes because uh, watching the Rockets is is, uh, is depressing at this point. But yes, I digress. It, it's 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 being <laughs> it, it's being in Spain without the S. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I really appreciate y'all taking the time to hang out today. It means a lot to get you guys in here to have this this fan talk Friday episode. Um, but for today's show, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.